Blog Talk Radio. to the show. How's everybody? It is Tuesday. It's another beautiful day in Colorado, Aurora, Colorado, to be exact. It's where I'm at. Been doing. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been dealing with um, an old phone that I'm trying to send back. Get an upgrade on my phone with AT and T. AT and T is not always the fun people to deal with. So I don't know how you feel about that. Sending an old phone back for a replace for a new phone, you know, upgrade. You always send the old phone back. We'll give you a credit so we don't charge you. And you have your beautiful new phone, but problems. So we're going to resolve the problems. Yeah, problems, you know, life is about solutions, isn't it? There's always solutions to all problems. You just turn it over to the universe and say, okay, give me a solution. Okay, but that's not what the show is about today. We're going to continue on this theme of love and relationships and relationships in general today, we're going to talk about you know, a couple articles, uh, kind of one I left off yesterday on and I talked a little bit about, and we'll see if we get to that one. It's about, what is it about? 13 things you'll never be able to change about your partner. If only he would change, right? If only she would change. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, right, sure. Yeah, okay. But we, we went through a lot of them yesterday. We're going to go on, talk a little bit about uh, some of the other things that you can't change about your partner. We talked about their sense of humor. Can't change their sense of humor. That's, you know, if you don't agree with, if you don't, if you're not in sync about sense of humor with your partner to start with, then you're going to have a problem, potentially, right? That selfishness. You can't change somebody's selfishness. Now, people can change. I agree wholeheartedly. People can change. Uh, you can't, and introvert to extrovert, uh, a person can display more of a one or the other, but generally you're an introvert or an extrovert or degrees of that. I studied a lot of that in school. So, yeah, all that introverted, extroverted, emotional versus unemotional, yeah, physical, ma- masculine, feminine dynamics and all that sort of thing. But you can be feminine and be, you can be feminine and be an extrovert. So that, I guess that doesn't, Okay. And you can't change the past. You know, if somebody is always living in the past and always bringing up their past, you can't change that. They have to decide to leave the past behind them. So that's what we're, but we're going to talk about today. I got a caller. Well, I don't know if you're still there, but we're going to talk a little bit about 10 keys of successful romantic relationship, not just like a relationship with your mother or father. Now, some of them could apply to friends or family, but this is about romance in in inter, inter, integrating into integrating integrating in, yeah whatever you yeah, know whatever understanding the five love languages and I'm going to integrate those into that other article because they're pretty well tied together and the article mentioned something really briefly on each one of these topics or most of the topics and then we'll get into it because everybody has one of these five love languages as your dominant love language 
Okay, and once you understand in your partner their love language, or they're dominant, because we all like all five to some degree. Some do, some don't, but they're all, you know, important. But one's usually one or two are very dominant. And once you get that about your partner, it makes your relationship a lot easier. Now, that may not be yours. You may not be your love language, how you like to receive love and from your partner. But understanding, it's really understanding the other person. And if you discuss this with your partner and really take the quiz on it and do all those little things on it, it makes it easier in a relationship to show appreciation because you know how they want to be shown appreciation. So we'll talk about that. And that's kind of what we wanted. To, I wanted to talk about today was those sort of things because I think it's really important in a relationship that to make a relationship work. Now... I wish more men would listen to this because men need to address these issues more than women. Because, you know, in, in my work in dealing with people in coaching or, you know, intuitive coaching, I call it, you know, because it's really about how more than when, my attitude about it. But it seems to be the issue that women have more with men about their inability to show and appreciate their love language. So we'll get into that in a few minutes. And then the last part of the show, we'll talk about these 13 things. I, but I do want to channel my spirit guides, yeah, the Sarah group, for you and or for in general, for everybody. So I always try to take let time, give them time to communicate with you. So I'll take a call. Hopefully we're on the same wavelength as to love. It's about love this week. This week's about love and relationships. But, yeah, love and, and all that sort of thing. Hello. Hi. Uh, hello. 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 Yes. Hello. Who am I speaking to? Uh, yes. My name is Maria. I call yes. from New York. Okay, so the the question going? I got it. I want to know if Kyle, they're going to work uh, all together with my daughter. I'm sorry. I don't understand the question. This is See, not. The I'm name not is the, uh, I, Okay, the so guy, what's the question? The is, okay, so, so, so I'm not going to make. I'm not going to make. I don't do. I don't do a lot of predictions on this show. It's more about how to get there. Um, what's your daughter's name? Catherine. Okay, so will it work out? Well, I'm just going to give you a real quick message, and then I'm going to let you go because this is what I hear from spirit. If they really work on it, if they really put the time and effort into it, yes, it will work out. But it's about time and effort and love, and that, that will be the key. So I'm not going to give you an absolute. I'm going to give you it's up to them. There's some free will here, and it really is up to them. Put the energy into it to make it work. Okay? Thank you for calling. Be well. Have okay. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I try to avoid predictions today. It's not really what I'm all about. It, you know, and predictions are nothing more than this is the way it's going to go if people follow the same patterns. Because our thoughts and our emotions create our world. So this is what your soul is saying to you. If you want to call in, this is what your soul is saying to you. That's what I'm reading is your soul. My spirit guides are reading your soul, the soul of the other person. So in that case, their souls need to really get engaged in the relationship. Okay, so... Um, 
you know what? Before I get into the articles, I'm going to reverse order a little bit today. Now, if you want to call in, if you want a channeled session, brief one, of course, with my spirit guides and let them answer your questions. It's not like I just did. It's really I go into trance, light trance, and they talk to you like I'm going to do in a moment. So I'm going to channel my spirit guide, my spirit group. They're going to talk to you a little bit about relationships and if you want to call in and you want a message from them, yeah, I love to channel for you. Yeah, that's what I like to do. And you never know where they're going to go with it. <laughs> you never know where they're going to go with it. Because you may have a question, but they may address something else that's going on with you that might be a priority for you to take a look at because that's what they do. Because they're tapping into your soul. They're tapping into your higher self. They're tapping into your intentions and what you're creating in the world around you. So that's that's what they like to do. So let me let me let me let them talk to you for a few minutes, then we'll get into some of the articles. If we don't complete the articles today, I'll be back on Thursday and we'll do more of this because this week's about love and relationships. Love. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't love a beautiful thing, right? Hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna go away, let them talk. Nice introduction for us today. We we appreciate that. We appreciate this idea about relationships because from our non-physical perspective, your key to enjoying life or one of the keys to enjoying life and feeling good about your life and feeling good about who you are and where you are is the relationships you develop in your life. Now, the the relationships you created before you came to this particular lifetime is important. The family members that you selected to, to be part of your group as you came in, and knowing that there would be challenges in that those relationships with family members, parents, siblings, more distant relatives. So you came in with a set of challenges with each one of those individuals that you came into a lifetime with, and some people call it karma. We we call it more of the just repairing past damage or pursuing something as in a relationship that brings your souls closer together. Because in a past life, your souls may have drifted apart because of circumstances, you know, because of no negative influences in, in your lives, let's say. In a past life, one person might have uh, caused the death of another person. Well, in a new lifetime, you need to remedy that. You need to reunite your souls in a loving place. So you you choose people or they, you choose each other to come into a new, new lifetime in the physical to rekindle that relationship in a positive, loving manner. And so to make up for any transgressions in a past life. So that's what you're choosing to do with individuals. That's why you choose parents. So you understand that. If you understand that from the very beginning or as early as you can, that you're in a lifetime with somebody else to reconcile your souls together, that your souls will bond in harmony into, into a loving relationships. And so that should be the ambition. Now, it could be a romantic relationship, it could be your best friend, it could be your family member, it could be your boss, it could be anybody that you've reconnected with. Now, 
not all relationships are about repairing the soul connection from a past life. No, some of them are just building on a past life, building on that. You had such a great time together. You, you was such a romantic relationship. You said, I want to do that again. And, the, and your souls agree, that was just great. Let's do that again. So you come into a lifetime to reconnect, to have that one, have that relationship with somebody. And it feels good. It feels natural. It feels just right to be doing that with somebody. So that that's part of why you come into a lifetime and why certain people are in your life. It's because you get to build on an old relationship or repair some of the soulful human damage that you cause. Now, you might ask the question, well, when you return to the non-physical world, don't you correct all that? Um, yes and no. We'll go yes and no. You do, in a sense, in the non-physical world, but you still want the opportunity to damage that in the physical, repair that that energy field in the physical world between two people. You still want to do that. You know, when you when you go into the non-physical world and you meet with your spirit teachers and they discuss your past life, and you discuss, well, you could have had a better relationship with so-and-so, or your relationship with somebody was a little difficult, a little rocky, what would you like to do? Well, I'm going to go back, and I want to have a better relationship with that person. I want our souls to be connected in a very loving way. That's how you do it. And they agree. They would agree with you. Okay, let's let's reconnect in a new life. Let's Let's make it a joyful, loving experience. But what if it goes sour? And guess what? You get to do it again. If it goes sour, if there's a problem, if there's a difficulty with somebody in a current lifetime where it ends in a strained human relationship, well, you'll get an opportunity to correct it. You'll get an opportunity to come back again and fix it. You know, you're not limited in lifetimes. You're not limited in your connections with people. You have plenty of opportunities to correct the situation, to bring love together between two souls. We use the word souls versus humans because that's where you, you're, you're igniting, reunifying re- again as at the soul level and not the human level. Okay, so your souls are bound with love. So it's always about reigniting yourself, the love between two people, your two souls. And that's why, that's one of the why, the reasons you come into a lifetime, is to share that with someone else, to build relationships with someone else, to rectify and perhaps correct strained relationships from a past life. But also it's to live your purpose. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's not minor. That's actually a very major thing to do is to live your life purpose, to achieve your life purpose. And so and, and individuals come into your lifetime with you to help you to do that. You make agreements. You make agreements with someone else to help you to achieve those goals. Now, sometimes we would say to you that some people come into a lifetime with you to make it more difficult to create challenges so that you can overcome the challenges, overcome the difficulties, overcome this so that you can achieve your goals. It's not always smooth sailing. You know, the, the law of attraction, there's this idea of contrast. You see things that you don't like. You Things happen in your life that you don't like so that you can achieve what you do like. You can see the contrast. You can see what you really do appreciate and really want. And then you have assigned individuals in your life to help you to achieve that. So let's say you're going through a rough period in your life. 
something something's not working for you and, and that contrast is getting to you and you want to achieve this other goal. You can ask the universe, bring into my life those individuals or that individual who's here to help me to overcome that challenge, that difficulty. You can ask. You can ask the universe, bring into my life that individual or individuals in some cases that will help you to overcome this difficulty. You don't have to do it alone. And spirit will help you, of course, but you've already asked the universe, God, source, to have people available in your life to help you overcome challenges. So you have to ask, okay, bring that person into my life. Who in that my life right now can help me to overcome this difficulty? Who, who have I assigned already to do that? And you'll get the answer. The person will step forward. Think about that. When you have challenges in your life and difficulties, you don't have to do it alone. You've already assigned people into your lifetime, in this particular current lifetime, to assist you in overcoming the various challenges you may face. So think about that. And all you have to do is ask. Ask source. Okay. Bring forth into the person into my life right now who can help me to overcome this particular challenge to help me with my solution to my problem. And that's part of the agreement. That's what you've already agreed with an individual and the soul level to do. So think about that. So you got a problem, you got a challenge, ask source, bring people into my life who can help me to overcome these challenges and difficulties. But they and they've already agreed on the soul level to do that. So they'd be willing. The human ego might fight it a little bit, but the soul will overwhelm the ego and they'll step forward. So thank you for listening. That's our message today about relationships how important relationships are for you as individuals to achieve your goals. So thank you. You can overcome obstacles. So thank you for listening. Bye. Okay, I'm back. Well, that was interesting. That was kind of cool. Never thought about that before. Oh, I'm going to share their thoughts on Facebook in a little while. Okay, so let's get back to relationships. Say you have a relationship issue. You have a problem. And it seems that your communication is off. He's not communicating with me. <laughs> uh, he's not communicating. Well, let's let's look at the keys, and then we'll tie in those, that love language to the keys. And let's men especially pay attention to this. Not women, of course, too. But also, you can share with your partners. Share with your partners these points. And I think I will post these on Facebook if I can, Ooh, if it lets me to do this, because it's kind of a cool article. Oh, it says share. I know I'm share on Facebook. Cool. Okay. And then I'm going to share the other. See, if you're with me, Facebook, I always share, share these things that you don't have to. You don't have to listen to the show. You can. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, okay. I'm okay. I I know I'm kind of babbling here a little bit. I was trying to share this particular article. Um, but it's not sharing it. Okay, so maybe I'll do that later. But okay, let's get it. Let's get back into um, words of affirmation. No, no, no. Okay, the ten keys. Let's get into these ten keys, and we'll we'll tie in the other the romantic language. And I'll check back if you, anybody wants me to channel my spirit guides for you, particular questions or concerns or where you need guidance in your life. Number one point. I thought this is kind of a. Yeah, why would this even have to be mentioned? But 
because there's a fear of doing it. Tell your partner you love them. Although it's true that actions speak louder than words, words often speak more clearly than actions. Take a moment every now and then to verbalize your feelings for your partner. Be simple, I love you. You mean the world to me. can go a long way toward making your significant other feel wanted, cared for, and secure in your relationship. Now, you could say that every day or two or three times a day, I love you. Just, I love you. I appreciate you. You mean a lot to me. You're, you're my light. You're my rock. You're whatever it is you're going to use that re- reflects that love to that person. That's verbalizing. So some people, that's really important. If you get into the understanding of the five words, words of affirmation, and that's a little bit like that, words of affirmation, powerful communicators of love, words of appreciation, their best. I'm going to give, it, they give you an example. You look sharp in that suit today. Wow, do you look incredible in that dress. Wow. I really like how you're always on time to make pick me up. That's words of appreciation. We always want to hear that. You always make me laugh. That's just simple little things. But that's one, words of affirmation is one of the forms of love language. Now, some people really respond well to that. Some people don't. But so you have to learn from your partner, is that something that just gets them so appreciative of you of saying it that, wow, it just, you know, keeps your relationship pumped up when you have your partner saying to you, wow, you look really good today. Wow, I love the way you did your hair. Words of appreciate. I love the way you, I love the meals that you cook. I love the way you do this. I love the way you do that. I really appreciate you doing this for me. Words of appreciation, number one. Boom. Love language, number one. Words of appreciation. Uh, Isn't that a good thing, right? It's a very good thing. Okay, so let's, let's go back to the other one. So tell your partner you love them. Number two is show some affection. Hmm. Small acts of physical intimacy, the hand on the small of the back as you brush by in the hallway, your arm around your shoulder on the sofa, your hand on their thigh when they sit next to you, holding hands while walking down the street. Give your partner a warm feeling. Convey the love and affection you feel for them. I'm going on and on and on. The littlest touch can be important or even more important than the longest night of sexual intimacy. Is that important? Now, that's one of my love languages. Absolutely. That form of affection is, so for anybody out there, (laughs) okay, well, we'll leave that one alone for right now. But that's my love language. That's one of mine is affection, being shown affection. Okay, in the, okay, I think in the five love languages, that's one of them. So let's read the, one of the five, we got, we cover the one, which is words of affection. Appreciation, right? Or affirmation, words of affirmation. Okay, words of appreciation. Okay, and uh, number, f- the, the last one on the list, and I think it ties into what we just talked about, is physical touch. We have long known that physical touch is a way of communicating emotional love. Numerous research projects in the area of child development have made that conclusions. Babies who are held, stroked, and kissed develop a healthier emotional life than those who are left for long periods of time without physical contact. 
Physical touch is also a powerful vehicle for communicating marital love. Holding hands, kissing, embracing, and sexual intercourse are always ways of communicating an emotional love to one's spouse. For some individuals, physical touch is their primary love language. Without it, they feel unloved. With it, their emotional tank is filled, and they feel secure in the love of their spouse. Implicit love touches require a little time, but much thought, especially a physical touch, is not your primary love language. And if you did not grow on a touching family. So, okay, that that's kind of the reverse. What if your partner is that way? What if that's their love language, right? So, you know, and I, I was thinking about this because I've gone on dates where that this was one of my primary love languages is, is a physical touch. And when you don't get that, even in the smallest degree on a date, it automatically is a turnoff. Okay? It's automatically a turnoff to me. Affection, and a, even on the first date, just a little touch, a little appreciation, the holding a hand, something. You know, we're not going all the way, but that's mine. But you need to communicate that with somebody. You need to, this is one of the things that you should communicate even when you start to communicate with somebody in, you know, before you even go out on a date. And I would say that if, if you're if you're in the web world of internet, that internet dating, put it out there. That if your love, what your primary love language is and use the physical touch. Um, and then, well, we'll go through the other ones, but let's go back to the other keys and let me check with you guys and see if there's anybody who wants to talk to me. Ooh, not so far. So let's go back to the 10 keys. Tell your partner to love them. Show them affection. Show appreciation for your partner. Let them know on a regular basis that you like most about them, that you, uh, what you admire, what makes you proud. So that's basically what we talked about in the other one and affirmations. That's some affection is the intimacy. So that's two, actually, they're talking about the same things. Share yourself, number four. Don't keep your likes and dislikes, dreams and fears, achievements and mistakes, or anything else to yourself. It is important to you share it with your partner. More than that, be sure to share more with your partner than you do with anyone else. So that's a kind of a cool thought, isn't it? You just want to open up your, be vulnerable. I guess that would be the good word here. Being vulnerable with your partner. Be really open to with your partner. And, of course, that builds, that's the whole thing about trust when you get to that place. So you can trust your partner with these things, and you know they're not going to just run out into the streets and tell everybody about your intimate problems and your, your, your situations and all about yourself. Now, they may share because they're proud of you for accomplishing something, okay? Number five is be there for your partner. It is obviously need to do that when your partner faces a major life challenge like the loss of a job or the death. But it's just as important to be supportive of your partner faces the little life challenges too. An argument at work, a rough commune, a misplaced check. Don't let yourself be a doormat and definitely don't stand for physical or verbal abuse. Being there, being there for your partner. You know, and, and I, if a person's having a bad day, just listening sometimes can, can help, right? Just listening or a hug or trying to create a little humor if they're up for it. If you can break the spell, Tony Robbins talks about the emotional spell that you're in. If a person is upset, if you can help and assist 
to be there for a person to kind of break that emotional negativity that's going on. Do it. Just do it. Right? Okay, we're back to the other point. Let's see if this ties into the words of affirmation. We talked about that. Okay, we're going to get to it, but I thought I'd stop here. And One of the five love languages is quality time. Ooh. Now, I would, I would you know, it'd be interesting if you can call in. We can rate, rate your love languages, right? Which, which ones are most important to you? One through five, right? That's an interesting thing. Quality time. I mean, giving somebody your undivided attention is what quality time is. Turning off the TV, turning off, putting the cell phone away, putting the computer away, putting the iPad away, putting whatever else away, and just just talking. Now, you could be eating and talking, or you could go for a walk and talk, but it's just about spending time together with somebody that you love and giving them quality time. Not superficial time, but quality time. Now, how important is that to you? If you call in, what is which one is really important? And the next one is receiving gifts. Almost everything I've ever written on the subject of love indicates the heart of the love, heart of love is the spirit of giving. All five love languages challenges us to give to our spouse, but for some, receiving gifts, visible symbols of love speak the loudest. So it's understanding that about your partner, understanding that that's really important to them. Now, I wouldn't put this high on my list. Uh, quality time, my list would be probably we're back to um, physical touch would be number two, number one on my list. Words of affirmation are probably number two on my list. Um, acts of service was number three. And respect. Quality time, eh, they're close. Receiving gifts. So receiving gifts I would put way down on my particular list. But, you know, but it's understanding your partner, really. They don't have to be expensive, obviously. They can be little things that you found at the store that remind you how much you care about that. Or you could make little, you know, posters or little cards or whatever it is to show that you love them. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a 20-carat diamond ring to show you love a person. It could be just something you pick up from the store. They love a certain book. They love a certain kind of chocolate. They love a certain thing. That's a gift, right? Whatever it is. It's knowing your partner and what they love and sharing a gift. Just something, right? Just something. A little card that you found funny that you think would make them laugh, okay? Maybe an email with a little... Uh, poster that's funny that they might appreciate acts of service now some men this is the way we act this is the way we show love you know sometimes it's receiving and giving right sometimes it's receiving and giving sometimes our receiving is different than our giving okay so understanding your partners what they love to give too and if you're out of sync that doesn't always work um the article says, Michelle's primary love is what I call acts of service. By acts of service, I mean doing things you know your spouse would like you to do. You seek to please her by or him by serving her. Okay, well, let's go through some of the items they mentioned just so you understand what they're talking about. Consider actions such as cooking a meal, setting a table, emptying the dishwasher, vacuuming, changing the baby's diaper, picking up a prescription, keeping the car in operating condition. They are all acts of service, you know, repairing something in the house, right? 
cleaning the dishes off the table, just showing love for your partner because maybe they're too busy. Maybe that's something that they don't, they don't like to do. Like, I don't like to vacuum, <laughs> particularly, so or wash windows. So if my partner, hey, I'm going to vacuum today, what do you think? Ooh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, it needs it. I'm a clutter freak. I don't like clutter. I hate clutter. So if somebody wants to show love to me is they declutter everything around them. Ooh, wow, you really love me because <laughs> you want to declutter, right? So that's that's the little love languages. I, I, I will, I'm going to post this article here. So I think it's really cool. And let's see if I can get, ooh, this is a big old long link, isn't it? We'll see if I can post this here and you guys can read this in the chat room. Uh, so it's posted here if you want to read it. I'm going to post it on Facebook too so that you will see this and go, oh, that's cool. I love that. So love languages. Ah. Very cool. I found it. Okay, so it's on Facebook, and you can read it for yourself, right? But stay with me for the next few minutes of the show. Love you, too. So what's, what are we going on? Any callers? Okay, so we're going to get into more of the articles. Ooh, got 12 minutes. you got time if you want to call in and let my spirit guides talk to you about whatever is going on in your life and your relationships. You want to be pointed in a certain direction. So I think this love language thing is really important, so think about it. Okay, let's get into the 10 keys, and it ties a little bit more into the love language. Be there for your partner. Give gifts, right? That's what we just talked about. Being there for your partner. We talked about that. Respond gracefully to partners, to partners demands and shortcomings. Now, that's an interesting point. A big killer of relationships is unreasonable expectations. Unless you are married, you married a robot. Your partner become comes preloaded with a whole range of human failures and foibles. I like the word foibles. You got foibles. I got foibles. All God's children got foibles. These are features, not bugs. These are who they are. So we're going to back to this high thing about changing people because we can get into that article a little bit more if we have time. But you can't always change a person's features, the things that they find important to them. So they're human. They have failures. So learn to recognize and appreciate your partner's quirks for what they are, an essential part of who they are as people. You can't change them. Now, one of the articles we talk about is being late. Now, that can drive people crazy. But recognizing that your partner is always late, so you plan around it, right? Since the weaknesses are often at the core of the deepest insecurities, make sure you don't pick on or otherwise go out of your way to highlight your personal person partner's flaws. You can mention it. Okay. Yeah. Can you work on not being late? <laughs> I'm just picking on that one. That was a big bug. I was in a relationship with somebody who was always late. Sometimes you come to accept it. Okay, they're going to be late. You plan around it. You know they're going to be 20 minutes late. We're going to be leaving at 5.30. Well, you really need to leave by 6, but you give them that window, right? Knowing that they're going to be late. If you say 5.30, they'll be ready at quarter to 6 or 6. So you kind of <laughs> play that game a little bit with them. Yeah. So their shortcomings, accepting their shortcomings. Now, sometimes that can get out of control. If you're a neat freak and your partner's a clutter freak or a messy, 
that might just be a deal breaker. So you need to know which ones are deal breakers too. If if you're so obsessive compulsive that it being late just drives you absolutely nuts every time, this may not be the right partner for you, right? Number nine on the list. Okay, let me, I always check back and see if anybody wants to talk to me. Number nine on the list. Oops, wrong one. Eh, wrong one. Make, okay, wait a minute. Okay. Make alone time a priority. Now, we talked a little bit about that, and that's one of the love languages things that people need. Certain, they just want time. They just want to be with you, and they want to spend time with you. So if you've been listening to the show, <clears throat> what is your love language? What are your priorities? What are, what are, what are yours one to five? And, and express that to your partner. Go to the article. I posted it on Facebook. And look at yours and make a list and prioritize them. And know that your partner understands your particular love language. What's most important to you? Like I mentioned, mine was my priority. Number one was probably uh, physical touch, just the little things. It, even going on a first date, it, uh, that right away it tells me, ah, okay, you're not playing to my love language. Now, I probably should have said that, uh, set that up. You know, in a dating profile, this is my love language. Okay, and then mine was, and the other ones are words of affirmation. That's good. That's probably number two. Quality time is probably three. Going through this, receiving gifts and active service. Acts of service is probably higher than receiving gifts for me. But all of them are important to some level. But so you need to learn your particular love language and you need to learn the love language of your partner and you need to figure out which one's the easiest one for you to do. Because words of affirmation are easy for me. Uh, showing affection is easy for me. Quality time, I can do that. Receive, giving gifts is good for me. I like to do that. So what? Acts of service, yeah, but that's not always high on my list because... You know, certain things, not Mr. Mechanical. I'm not Mr. House-fixing type of guy. You know, I mean, I can do other things. So that's that's kind of like my list, but you figure out your own list. Figure out the list that you love to give and figure out the list that you love to receive. And you and your partner talk about that, and that will build a really good relationship because you understand each other's Love language. Okay. Number nine was take nothing for granted. And we're talking about, we're flipping between two different articles. This is from lovehack.com. And as Dustin Wax, and I don't have Dustin's uh, information here, so we won't jump into that. But, from, but I posted this to Facebook. So take nothing for granted. Cultivate a daily sense of gratitude for your partner and the thousands of little blessings he or she has brought into your life. Now, that's for the affirmations, the appreciation for a person. What do you do? Appreciating a person. Remember that if you're happy in your relationship, your partner is doing a thousand little things for you. And for us, in my writing, we talk about us. Spirit talks about living for us, not for the individuals. We're to make your relationship work as hopefully as, as you are for them. Never take that for granted. A relationship is work on your highest order. Now, along that line, and I've read articles on this, and I think it's really fascinating, and, and one of the things that can break up a relationship and end a marriage 
is when people stop doing that, stop appreciating and taking their per- their partner for granted. The example is, you come home and you're excited about something you accomplished at work or you did something around the house or something that really you achieved something really you think is really important and you want to share with your partner. And you go to your partner and you want to share this and they say no. They, they give you the, I'm busy, kind of, I'm watching my favorite show, I'm reading a book, I'm doing something else. And they won't take the time to listen to you. And that lack of appreciation drives a huge wedge in relationships. Now, this is a key. So think about this one. It drives a huge wedge. Now, if your partner says, give me five minutes. I want to hear what you have to say. I really love to hear what you have to say. Give me a five minutes and we'll get back to it. Can you do that? Can you hold on for a few minutes? I just want to finish this and we can talk. Or can we can we talk in about 20 minutes? Or whatever it is. Just Just the indication to your partner that, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say or I want to know about what you've accomplished. Can we, can we talk in a few minutes? And then, and then and make sure you get back to them and say, oh, okay, so what's going on? What, what do you want to share? And, and show appreciation for it. But to say, oh, you know, I'm busy. I can't talk. I'm in the middle of something. You know, I'm, and then just letting it go that drives a huge wedge in relationships. Now, one time is one thing, you know, the, the, probably you can get past them one or two times, but if it's a constant habit of shutting down your partner when they're excited about something and tell them, eh, you know, I'm busy, I got something going on. I got something going on. I can't talk. And you're being constantly shut down that will drive a wedge. So I would say that that's really a key to a loving relationship is allowing that person to celebrate their life in your presence and appreciating that they're celebrating their life. Okay? Got it? Boom. Done. Okay, number 10 on their list is strive for equality. Make sure you follow the golden rule in your relationship. Do unto your partner as you would have them do unto you. Strive for a fair division of household duties other tasks and don't expect or demand special considerations you'd be unwilling to offer in return. Yeah, that talking to women primarily, you know, and it's true for men too, but more so for women where they feel like they're taking on everything. You know, I work all day, I come home, I take care of the kids, I prepare the meal, blah, 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 you know, um, and the husband is comes home and watches TV, drinks a beer, you know, goes to, goes in the garage and works on a project, a hobby, versus sharing some of the responsibility. Because if if it's a single family, you know, if it's one person is working and the and the responsibility of one partner is taken on is the household while the other one goes out. That's like the 1950s, right? But in society today, that isn't always the, the case. So even though you're busy work-wise, the household responsibilities and, and assisting your partner and sharing responsibilities is very important also. You both go to work in the morning, but you have a small child. Who gets up and takes care of the child? And the child is sick or the child has not, you know, is, is upset about something. Who does it? Is it always the mother or is it the father sometimes? Do you share that responsibility? Who gets up? Well, I got to get up early. Well, so do I. You know, then you got to fight, right? No, 
just work it out. Come to agreements so that we can share this. Okay. I never got to the other article, and I don't know if I don't really have time. But let me give you one point on this idea of things that you can't change about persons. Uh, we talked about lateness, right? You can't. But lateness has become a huge issue between partners, especially if you accept the concept of time truly doesn't match up. As a psychic and spiritual counselor, Deva Rappaport tells me you can work on the issue together and give your partner ways to stay on schedule. That's what I was talking about is just, you know, plan it. You know, plan it. You know the person's going to be late. Incompatible arguing style. That's a biggie. And I've seen that in relationships where you don't know how to fight or argue. And so your styles are different. So you, you're, you're, there's a huge miscon- miscommunication. So you may not be able to change that. The person has to be willing to change how they discuss things. Because there are rules of argument in, you know, in, in, in relationship counseling and relationship how to do a relationship. There are ways of how to fight. Well, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about on Thursday of, of the rules of engagement as to arguing or disagreements in a relationship and how to resolve that. And if you both agree on that, boom, done. Okay, I'm out of time. I love you guys. I will be back on Thursday. We'll talk more about love and relationships. So if you want my spirit guides to talk to you about it, call in. Bye now. Love you.